Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Radio Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is ongoingly and will be always working on the soundhealthportal.com. To experience the Sound Health Portal, which I highly recommend, go to soundhealthportal.com. Scroll down to see the current campaigns. And some of the campaigns, well, one of my favorites is, of course, neuroplasticity. But they also have neuroplasticity, fibromyalgia, I believe PTSD, TBI is still available, and Corona Conflict. And the campaigns are the free trials that you can have your vocal print, which is a recording of your voice, run through. And they're full. The workups are the full thing. And you can go there and you can scroll down and see what the campaigns are. Choose your campaign. Sign up for free membership. Spam you. They don't sell it. It's just so they can email the report. Then once you choose the campaign and sign up for the free membership, the system will walk you through doing two 30 to 40 second recordings directly from your computer. You submit your recordings and email the whole thing to them or just press enter and then it goes. And then in about two to maybe six or eight hours at the very most, you'll get an email with an information of a great report filled with a wonderful amount of information. And I suggest sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing it. And when you want to know more information about that, I really suggest going to soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down to the bottom of that page, past all the information about the campaigns and all a lot of that information, and click on the video tab and watch a demo, a, a recording of a demo that Sherry's done online with a person doing an intake. An intake is a recording of the voice, and then the voice is then run through the software, and it shows points that are possibly hypertonistic or too much or hypotonistic, not enough. And one of the great things about the Sound Health Portal that Sherry has come up with is the ability to display information in a graphic, like a chart or a pie chart or something, where you can just go, oh, there's the thing I should probably be looking at right now. Let's say, because I know our amazing guest Brian Chaplin will be talking about serotonin, or I know we will, <laughs> is that in the methylation cascade, which is all about how all those things interact with each other, whether it be serotonin or dopamine or not just hormones, but everything about how the system fires and works and it's all in a cascade. One thing wants to happen, then the next thing wants to happen. And you need precursors and all of that. And sometimes it can be one thing in the system that's a little like, that's not right. And that can make the whole thing, meaning your system, out of balance, out of whack. It's a very technical health term, out of whack. And you can see it in a display you can when sherry's doing the workup you'll see that she'll bring up a pie chart with the thing in the middle of that pie chart that's like here's what we want to look at now and i think it's a really great way to see it and understand a lot more about the sound health portal and the reasons why you might want to either have some work done with a sound care sound health practitioner or learn more about it and do it that's an amazing idea doing it so you can be the sound care practitioner and it's really a, it's a wonderful service, and I'm so happy we're not lugging computers around anymore to do. To hear and share replays of the show, about 10 to 15 minutes after you hear the outro music, 
you can go to talktomeguy.com, scroll down that page, and in about 15 to 20 minutes after you hear the outro music, you'll find this show and the flyer for this show on that page with all the show notes and all the information and extra things that we add in from our conversation, my conversation with Brian about Medicine Box. And you'll be able to find that and links are also within those show notes are links to all the many other podcast apps or software packages that work on both platforms. We can even be now found on Audible. Uh, but uh, So you can click on those, complete show notes with click-throughs to Brian's site and lots of information there. So you can go to talktomeguy.com and find that there. And or if you want to make any suggestions or a comment or just yell at me about talking about something too much, because there will be some of that, I'm certain today, you can leave me a message by clicking on the little microphone in the corner of each page and just leave me a message saying, I'd like you to interview this person. Or what about that? So there's that. And with that, former underground cannabis cultivator, 12-step member, national wellness brand entrepreneur, business mentor, plant medicine advocate, Brian Chaplin executes on several manifest missions as the chief creative officer of Medicine Box. Having experienced a healing experience through the plant, he admittedly fell into cultivating during a fateful renting expedition in 2009. Brian Chaplin has now made it his life's work to bring these healing lessons to both the health and wellness community and the world at large. Brian joins us to talk about many things cannabis. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Richard. Good morning, Thanks for having sir. me today. Good morning. Yeah, I'm excited that we... We got this, or I got this uh, one correct this time around. If you remember the last uh, yes. interview I did with you, I did yes. not pay attention to the time zone. Yes. And I logged in at, <laughs> at 12, 12 p.m. You know, right. I was like, yep. who, the, who the heck does a radio show at 9 a.m. on Sunday? I know. I Richard know. Does. That's All right. Good, well, then we... you have the, then we have the rest of the day. That's how I look at it. Exactly. Like, now, look, we have no. the rest of the day now. And I exactly. and I suspect that as you're that it's possible. I've not been to Brian's house. I'm not stalking him. I just have seen the view from photographs from the website. That you have perhaps you're sitting outside having a cup of coffee, looking at how did, this you, how know, did you know breathtaking view. I, I, it's, yeah, it's a, I'm know. sitting. I'm on. I'm sitting on the east side of my deck, facing south, and I have this beautiful. Uh, grove of aspen trees on the west side of the property and uh, it's a quaking aspen tree and those are uh, absolutely gorgeous uh, distant cousin of the birch tree grows like mm. bamboo so a lot of shoots underground and then oh wow they uh, they sprout up and out and the lake always has a nice gentle breeze coming off it and uh, those leaves on the quaking aspen tree are just always dancing always always keeping me company really and then at night uh it's just really soothing when it's nice and quiet here and uh the the leaves are offering just like a nice uh natural white noise so uh yes outside drinking a uh, amazing bulletproof coffee that i make with some some four sigmatic mushroom blend in there 
and nice. uh, life is pretty good. Yeah, life, life is pretty good. Yeah, I've yeah. always found the the aspen trees is a whole long other conversation. As a youngster, I would go off camping in the Ventana wilderness with a group and a mom leader, and sometimes we'd go for like six weeks backpacking mm. in the country. And I remember the first time we hiked someplace that had aspen trees. I found them just because I grew up with pine trees, which are beautiful, but yes. they don't have that. There is that motion of the leaf that is almost mesmerizing. I actually find it yes. really a wonderful thing to kind of look at and get a little bit of blurred vision and kind of take you oh, into yeah. an altered state. I mean, they are really breathtaking. It's pretty, yeah, it's, they're, they're pretty psychedelic, really. Uh, yeah. The, the as they they grow a lot faster too because the leaves uh, they get 100% exposure for photosynthesis because the way they hang uh, mm-hmm. and the way they they're able to um, dance around and get uh, full sunshine. So where yeah. other deciduous trees, you know, they're only getting the top side of the leaf. Um, absorbing that you know sunshine for photosynthesis so they're fascinating an, trees yeah. yeah there's actually uh we will this is not the arborist hour but we'll i'll get off of this in just a second <laughs> yeah. um at the last at the last bioneers now two years ago I, i've kind of lost track there was somebody who brought a and bioneers is an event an environmental event that's held at the marin civic center which is the center that was designed by frank lloyd wright so it always has sort of a spaceship space earth kind of vibe to it anyway because of frank lloyd wright's very interesting vision and somebody yes. has brought uh, out next to the lake they had built a tree that was a solar tree and now that i realize i'm putting this together that it was based on the aspen because they had little things oh. that hung down and kind of blew, just motioned ever so slightly by themselves, just by how they hung. They were always yeah. kind of modulating toward the sun, just because, and that was what draw the solar, solar power. And it had a little stand below it that was like where you could charge your phone and do stuff. So that's amazing. Yeah, aspen trees. One one last thing on the aspen tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few nights ago, I was out to dinner with some friends. And when we came out of the restaurant, uh, it was it was really windy that night. And the there was an aspen tree in front of a street lamp. So the street lamp, you know, high lumens. And the way the aspen tree, the leaves were blowing in front of the street lamp, it was creating a strobe light effect. So the strobe light effect was on the newly glazed pavement, and we were dancing in the strobe light underneath nice. the aspen tree. Very, so, very hip pretty California fun. or what? Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I look forward to David Burns doing a uh, concert in that light. That's in my mind. Mm-hmm. That would natural be strobe light. Natural yeah. strobe light. That would be awesome. Um, okay, <laughs> so we're going to shift here to me asking you about how did Michael Hollister open your mind. To, do, to have a different relationship with cannabis as well as formulating versus what I would call old world where someone, let's say, had just had a harvest of 2,000 pounds and was like, yeah, we did this. Because mm. the Michael Hollister thinking about cannabis was so – it is such a great positive way in my mind from what we've talked mm. about before, a radical concept. Compared yes. to that two thousand pound grow idea, 
Could you talk about right. that? Right. I certainly can, and thanks for bringing Michael up. Uh, we're we're approaching the the eve of his passing uh, three years ago. So strawberry wow. full moon coming mm-hmm. up usually in, in July is when Michael passed. But yeah, great question because uh, I I was that person at one point. The you know the multi pounds, you know thousand pound, you know harvest and. You know, you calculate. I'd always say the 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 extent of you know the medicine that I made or the the marketing that I had was how many one pound turkey bags could I fill? Yeah. Um, and you know, at that point, medicine, cannabis medicine, was being thrown around a lot in the in Prop 215 era. Uh, I mean, it was really something that we we had to uh, uphold with the way Prop 215 was structured and the collective. Uh, cultivation format. So I never really thought of medicine, a cannabis medicine, if you will, uh, more than the flower or, or edibles. You know, I've seen tinctures and things like that. But the way Michael approached uh, the the plant was so amazing. It was It was starting in the soil. So he was all about the rhizosphere, that top layer of soil, the delicate interchange of, of nutrients and oxygen at the root mass. And feeding the soil was actually just as important as, you know, producing some good flour uh, to make the medicine from. So that's where that's where Michael's uh, vision of medicine started. And, and he would show me the rhizosphere or that mycelial network, uh, he'd show me charts of that right next to the human central nervous system. And he says, they're not that different, are they, Brian? So why should we, uh, why should we treat the soil different if we're going to be making medicine that is going to be uh, treating someone's central nervous system, whether that's for pain or, you know, mood enhancement and, things of that nature. So uh, Michael really turned my world around with that, uh, became much more than what I, you know, quote fingers, just THC or just CBD. It was all about the combinations of these cannabinoids with terpenes. And terpenes are what, you know, gives the, any any plant or the botanical world its, its smell and flavor and the example I like to use the most is linalool is the dominant terpene and lavender and that's what gives <clears throat> lavender its its soothing calming effect but that's also found in cannabis now you can take certain terpenes and start combining them to create some really amazing effects and Ethan Russo you know the godfather of the terpenes in my opinion uh, was really um, at that point with my work with Michael, you know, studying a lot of Ethan Russo's work and the way, you know, it can be combined with cannabinoids to block an opioid receptor or, you know, antagonize the CB1 receptor to open it up so, you know, CBD could could work uh, a bit more effectively. So it, it was a whole a whole new world and it's, still a whole new world while we're, you know, exploring or making, as Michael would say, making beautiful discoveries uh, with this plant. 
Well, and it's also exci- it's exciting for me being an old herbalist, A, old, B, herbalist, uh, and having had the herb store a thousand years ago, where it's, it's exciting to me to hear terpenes open up to be, a, it, for a long time, until people such as yourself started talking about terpenes in other ways, terpenes were always only kind of talked about as if they were in the cannabis world. Suddenly everybody's talking about terpenes. Oh my God, terpenes, terpenes. And I'm thinking, wait, you know, and then you use the example of lavender. And back in the days when I had an herb store, I also did some formulating with oils, aromatherapy oils, and I had true essential oils. And the first thing I do in the morning when I'd open the door is a turn on my decoction to keep that cooking, whatever that was, a pot of herbs that had been stewing for a few days. And then I'd mm-hmm. open up the uh, gallon jug of essential lavender oil and take a big yeah. snootful, just smell it, just inhale it, to brighten and freshen my mind and to really get me alert and clear-headed for the day. Mm-hmm. And it was a great, It was. I miss that. I miss having a gallon jug of essential oil. Uh, there's that, but also <laughs> just the idea of it's exciting to hear the world of terpenes really being addressed with formulators such as yourself, where you're really talking about a whole profile of ter- terpenes. We're not just talking right. about cannabis terpenes. You're talking about taking advantage of t- whole plant formulations. It's not, and that's really one of the things I really like about what you do at Medicine Box is that you're really not just, here's cannabis. These are the cannabinoids. Take this. Yeah, yeah. It's not a solo thing, and I, I have such respect for that. Well, yeah, and it's like it's really fun to be able to do that. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, this past year, yeah, there's a lot of uh, media out there in the cannabis world, like, oh, it's all about, you know, terpenes are going to be in the next the next wave to pay attention to, and it's it's, it's just it's just funny to see that because it it's something that you know, we were exploring with Medicine Box, you know, four or five years ago uh, before Medicine Box really became a brand. But, you know, there's, uh, you mentioned the lavender part, um, and there's a formulation that Michael and made, Michael and I made, it's called Clarity and Focus. Uh, it's the one that actually helped me uh, titrate off of Prozac and SSRI. And the combination of terpenes in there with a 34 to 1 CBD to THC ratio is quite astonishing. It uh, really does give you that clarity, focus, flow, or uh, what uh, the effect of green tea might give some people. You get pretty energized, kind of focused in in your body and mind, but you're not uh, jittery from a, a cup of coffee or, you know, doing too much. Um, and the way that that formulation is kind of stacked. I like to think of it as stacks and the Mm -hmm. the terpenes is the the 34 to one. That's the base, but the terpenes in there, there's a combination of of pinene and limonene. So pinene and limonene are, are very uh, invigorating and a stimulating terpenes that are found mainly in uh, sativa dominant strains. So that's where you get that kind of like cerebral, kind of uh, focused, energized effect, now you can kind of taper that down a little bit by putting in some linalool, bisabolo, some myrcene. So it's almost like you're uh, bringing down the the high effect of what 
a pinene and limonene combination would create and balancing it out. So it's it's really fun. it's it's fun. Now you can start you know playing kind of with different ways of how to enhance enhance mood, stabilize mood, and um, the let the THC and the CBD kind of do its work. I think of the cannabinoids as you know the driving part of the formulation, and then the terpenes are kind of more of the navigational part of it. And most people think that the terpenes are just there to, you know, enhance flavor and smell, but they actually have uh, more of the active ingredient in there to create the effect that you're going for. So many directions I want to go, but I'll go this one. Um, once again, the idea as an as a herbalist since the 70s, well, let's say 80s, because that makes me way too old, is that... I never understood the single herb concept. Mm-hmm. I just and and partially, you know, it it even came from the days of I used to collect pharmacopoeias, which were the really cookbooks for pharmacists, compounding pharmacists. Mm-hmm. Pharma, they used to be called pharmacists. Now they're called compounding pharmacists, and they get to charge more for being compounding pharmacists. Mm-hmm. And that means they t- they used to take a substance like cannabis, or there was a famous coca leaf that they used to make that was a something women seemed to like to sip on but they'd take it and they'd macerate it or you know perhaps in an alcohol solution or they'd smash it in a in a mortar and pestle to get it down to a syrup and then put it into a syrup a simple syrup and take it Mm -hmm. at a time but they were whole plant medicine and then as i because i had my oldest pharmacopoeia was from the late 1800s pharmacopoeias have been around for like literally hundreds of years, depending upon what culture you come from. And Chinese medicine is sort of the classic example of, you know, they've been doing this forever, compounding herbs, <clears throat> just formulating. That's really all it is. And when you go back and look at the old pharmacopoeias, they weren't single herb oriented. They were oriented toward here's the primary herb that you want in there or a couple of primary herbs and then perhaps some secondary herbs that enhance that action and then maybe a stimulant and a stimulant might be ginger or cayenne, meaning that it helps carry it into the system. Not a stimulant like, Mm -hmm. wow, I feel stimulated, but just to to carry it into the system. And again, that's what I, when I listen to you talk about herbs and I have cannabis in my mind as an herb. It's not like cannabis. Cannabis is an herb. It's a plant medicine. Come on. And I mean that in the best of ways. I'm not demeaning it in any way. And it's the way you talk about it, like you just said, which takes me back to, could you talk a little bit about myrcene? Where's that from? What is Mm -hmm. that? So myrcene is the dominant uh, terpene found in indica. So, Okay. Uh, for it to be considered indica, it has to be over 50% concentration of mercy. Okay. So, okay. Um, that's what, yeah, that's what gives you that, you know, couch lock or that very soothing, or you know, recreational speaking, stony effect. Uh, yeah. But mercine in combination with some THC and and some CBN, it's like night night. <laughs> time, nice. Time to go to sleep or try, time to just really just relax and and unwind and uh so mercine i think of as one of those kind of like those a go-to terpene if you had Mm -hmm. your mise in place at your compounding pharmacy 
you'd always want Mersin around. Yeah. Seems that there are, and in, in, in regular herbal formulations, there are some key herbs you kind of always have around, and you always have like the cayenne, the ginger, some kind of stimulant and carrier, and other supportive herbs that might be of like a dandelion root or a yarrow or something that has a lot of minerals in it. You like that as a foundation. But mm-hmm. again, it's all about, it's the dance of the formula. And, and I, mm. I really like how you dance. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and you know, you you know way more than me about you know, compounding herbs and all that. I I feel like I just scratched the surface. Like I, I say, I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough to understand the concepts. And recently, someone asked me. They were fascinated by the way the formulations were were put together, and they're like, "Well, how how do you do that?" And I said, "I don't. I actually don't put the formulations together. Like I." kind of come up with a concept for example our our hemp line we have uh, a product called happy belly and happy belly is great it's great for digestion gastrointestinal health it has a combination of uh, cbd cbg and cbc uh, cannabinoids in there and, and cbg and cbc there's been some studies that show uh, it's really great at combating any uh, gi diseases or uh, gastrointestinal cancer. So, just coming, kind of coming up with that concept, doing some research on, well, this kind of makes sense anecdotally. Uh, this, you know, there's some studies out there. Now, Mr. Scientist, let's use some other, you know, gut enhancing herbs to go in this formulation: cinnamon, saffron, fennel, grapeseed, all go in that formulation as well to help uh, with your digestion. So that's kind of how I come at these uh, formulations of like the looking at the effect and then doing some research on the cannabinoids and then adding in the navigational system of the other, you know, terpenes or, you know, essential oil plant compounds from the rest of the botanical world. And it's really fun, you know, being able to experiment with that and then having a formulator uh, or a group uh, of formulators that you know I am able to to pull from to you know structure some of these uh, formulations and then try them and say okay this this works and it, that's kind of what we have to do in the cannabis and hemp space right now because you can't get any you know studies done you know tr- triple blind studies or double blinds or PK studies but I will say too far off on a tangent but one of our uh, partners with Medicine Box is working on a PK trial for some of our products and setting up the, you know, the proper, you know, admin and, and foundational work to be able to uh, do some PK studies on um, some of these products to get, you know, a little bit more credibility that they work and being able to market them in a way that uh, it's take five milligrams of this formulation at nine in the morning and five milligrams of this, you know, um, you know, at 5 p.m. Or, or whatever, you know, like true kind of medicine. And you're not, you're not, you're not guessing at that point. So that's where, that's where this is all going. This I think that's really, that's uh, stunning in the best of ways. That's very exciting. And, and let's lean into talking about the, I think the last time we talked, 
you hadn't been doing the hemp line yet, the CBD line yet. Yeah. Let's talk about the development, how the the why of the hemp line. Um, yes. <laughs> how that there's how that a, came to a, occur, and I bet there's a good. I know there's a good story behind it. Yeah, that's more of uh, more business, more access, more data, uh, all the things that <clears throat> Prop 64 in California really disables you to be able to uh, receive. Uh, For example, in Prop 64, everything has to go through uh, license to license in the supply chain. So as a brand with a product, uh, your product is distributed from a licensed distributor to a licensed dispensary, and then, you know, Joe or Sally off the street walk into that dispensary to buy a medicine box product but you don't really get to know who Joe and Sally are and what their demographic is, what their problems are. How, how can you, you know, create some more solutions for Joe and Sally and capture some, you know, meaningful data around your customers. So that was a big reason why I decided to pivot. It was a perfect storm uh, during uh, COVID. It was right in March actually when uh, lockdown happen and I said, well this is this is probably a good sign and focus in on building an e commerce site out and the products that we made can't contain more than 0.3% THC legally. So uh, I decided to make products that explored some of the more minor cannabinoids with uh, alongside C B D. I made a promise to myself and the brand that Medicine Box would never be uh, what I call just CBD, a just CBD you know, product <laughs> where you can just like yeah. anyone could call up a manufacturer that is making bulk isolate CBD and, and get a white label, you know, 30 milliliter tincture. And it's just CBD isolate and you know, fractionated coconut oil or a soft yeah. gel. Or or any number of that, and I, I made a promise that I would never do that. So that's when I Thank started you. to yes explore some of the more you know, rare cannabinoids, CBN, CBG, CBC, and CBD. And you know now a lot of the manufacturers that are working in the hemp space, you know, there's uh, there's isolate, there's distillate, there's broad spectrum, there's. Uh, wide spectrum hemp. I mean, there's, there's so many different uh, extraction processes. So it kind of opened, it opened up the room for innovation a little bit more. And uh, on the, you know, the non formulation side, it was really a big play for a scalable business model. It's really challenging to scale a business model in the, what I call the just THC side of, of the uh-huh. business. Like there's cannabis in California, but it's really so dependent on THC. The concentration of THC, the price per milligram of THC, and you know if you're you're able to claim that this you know particular strain has uh, over 30% THC or 37% THC, somehow that is like the most marketable product out there. So. Uh, product fit was also a little bit challenging for us there. And uh, I also want a lifestyle where I don't have a lot of overhead. I don't have, you know, an office space, a manufacturing 
a facility, a cultivation facility. It's I can outsource everything now and be able to collect data on our customers and retarget customers and talk to our customers. That's something that's very limited uh, in the in the THC side of it. So it was um, it's been a, a big learning curve for me. I have a great team around me, and now you know, I'm excited to say we we have. Uh, enough critical mass in our, our data to be able to start, you know, analyzing what we're putting out there into the world and, and actually talking to our customers. I received an email this morning from uh, a woman. I think she's in Arkansas, but she received one of our, you know, emails that we're putting out there, and uh, she she was very excited to see the work that Medicine Box is doing from a recovery standpoint. And she was feeling alone that not other people thought uh, the way she did with recovery and not having to take pharmaceuticals all their life. So that's the type of work that really Medicine Box loves to be able to do is, is, is spread the message out there while the, the formulations are just kind of a byproduct of, of what we're about. So, Well, and to have now to, for you to have access to actually interface with your clients what a shocking idea yeah because people don't understand that part when it goes to dispensary you're cut off yeah i mean really you're cut off you're a manufacturer you make a really great groovy product somebody gets a five-minute conversation about it and then is selling that product as your as your rep not really your rep but i mean they're repping the product for you Exactly. It's lost. You get no feedback. You get nothing. That was back to my herb store. When I made somebody a formula or suggested this blend, they would then come back and say, I hated that. Or that's (laughs) the best thing. My bowels have never been so good. I can't believe this works so well. I'm so happy. I'm off of Miralax. I'm off of all this other fill in bad word of your choice stuff that's not working for me. Um, You know, you get direct feedback. And that was always exciting exactly. to have somebody come back in and say, I, that was really good, but a little bitter. Could you adjust that? And I would do that. I was a formulator. And so yeah, that must exactly. be really exciting for you and allow you to build your own database of information. What? It's, what radical yeah. idea is that? Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's huge. I mean, back to Michael, Michael would always say, Brian, you're, you're working a recovery model. That, that's how he would explain the business model that uh, we were really – creating together and that recovery model was just a, a high level way of saying like you're you're able to be in contact with your your customer or your patient and and make the necessary tweaks or uh you know the work that him and I did together I was I was his muse or, or guinea pig for a lot of the formulations and the one we created together was uh to get me titrated off of of Prozac a 10 milligram dose of Prozac a day. So that's really what gave me the, the, the real solid belief that like, wow, like real, real cannabis medicine intentionally put together can do some really great work. And, but being able to be in direct contact with the customers or or patients that you're, you're, you're working with uh, really helps you be able to make the necessary tweaks in those formulations. And it's also a little bit compassionate too. It, it, it definitely makes you feel good when, you know, someone 
approaches you and say, I, I, I sleep great now. I don't use Ambien or uh, I've, I've gotten off of Xanax or I quit smoking or I haven't, you know, drank in 30 days because I now use your tincture that helps soothe my nervous system and, and get me out of my, my, my sphere of stress. So that's, uh, that's perhaps a little bit more of the long game. We're, we're in this for the, the long game and uh, we definitely want to be able to make an impact with what we're doing out there and doing the right thing is doing the right thing. And sometimes uh, it's a lot slower. It's a lot slower path than the, the pump and dump, you know, uh, venture capital model where it's like, here's a hundred million dollars, uh, get some ROI in, in three to five years. And if you build it, they will come. And you're really kind of just diluting the, the culture of, of the plant and certainly diluting the medicine when you're trying to just scale scale quick so we're we're slow and steady and i have to say very slow and painful at times but patience (laughs) nothing fantastic was built built overnight and innovations it's it's crazy how quick you know innovations happen and, and technology and and then you know the the general i think mass of people out there now starting to accept cannabis as a medicine and even the the wider botanical world uh, out there that we need to get something right here we're we're in a gigantic health epidemic we we're in a opioid epidemic we're in a trauma epidemic a mental illness mental health spiritual health epidemic and uh, the natural world really can help overhaul that a little bit so we need to get this right so everything else falls into place yes and and i think one of the great things about i I mean i like your thc formulas but i'm in california so i can get those however Mm -hmm. i i think it's really i think the hemp line is really a great and i mean this is a so much better word than people typically use it as a derogatory I think that the hemp line is an amazing gateway for people that I know. Now, I've been a cranky old herbalist since the, the 70s. Um, and I still have people who are like, oh, my God, no, I can't smoke. I can't have anything with THC. And it made me like something, you know, some sort of weird, silly ass, excuse me, uh, you know, just are you kidding me? Really? as they take their farmers, yeah. you know, a bowl full of pharmaceuticals in the morning. So it's a yeah. phenomenal positive gateway of like, oh, look, here, try this. Yeah. There's no THC in here. Don't worry. You won't be happy. <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is they're fearing. Right. And so it's a great gateway right. for them to have the opportunity to have an experience based on the idea your wonderful conversation about terpenes and the idea of here's why there are the herbs in here and how they all formulate and dance together and here's why you might want to try this and then maybe down the road they might try something with a little thc because of that phenomenal synergism of thc with cbd could you talk about that a little bit the idea of the synergism of thc and cbd together they actually want to work together kind of don't they yes Yes, they're, they're, they should be like two quaking aspen leaves on a branch together, dancing together. <laughs> nice. nice so that, <laughs> that, that's how I see that. And when I heard you speak, you know, it was, it's, there's, 
there's a lot of pros and cons of of having the hemp based products where it it does make it a bit more appealing for say a first time consumer or someone that is really kind of dipping their toes into the the plant medicine world and is likely uh fearful around THC or the propaganda and the the narratives that have been formed around THC that it's going to get you high and uh it's you know you don't you don't want that head change i call it euphoriaphobia so there's yeah. a lot of people out there that have that euphoriaphobia but going up against that kind of Goliath, right, uh, that has been so fabricated over the last, yeah, 50, probably since you were herbalist. Reaver Madness. Yes. That's all I have to say, Reaver Madness. Yeah. Yes, and the war on drugs. And uh, so being able to approach it in a way that you're not going to get high, however, you're almost you're trading in some of the more synergistic effect without having uh, you know a THC in those formulations. So even though it does have underneath under the 0.3% THC uh threshold, it still gives a little bit of uh that synergistic effect where I think of THC as just the activator or a tool or a key to unlock the CB1 receptor which is in our endocannabinoid system, so the it it opens up the floodgates for all those other plant compounds to come in, where CB CBD kind of binds to that CB1 receptor, so you get kind of a diminishing uh, effect on the return. So um, THC is just simply just a tool. It's it's there to activate the endocannabinoid system, so the rest of the compounds that are present can do its work and I think Mm -hmm. people people shouldn't be afraid of it but having those hemp products uh, you're able to say no this isn't going to get you high Uh, it's uh, it'll work however having a little bit more THC in there uh, actually is going to create a, 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 a better effect and there's there's some some of our steady clients do order the uh, the equanimity uh, off the hemp site, that's our sleep formulation, and it has a whole suite of herbs like chamomile and valerian, lemon balm, catnip, and skullcap. And they were used to the THC formulation, that same formulation with a little bit more THC. So what they do, they're able to order the product online, and then they have some THC at home, you know, some THC distillate or even some Delta-8, and they combine it with that so they can get the synergistic effect. Uh, and I find that to be kind of a neat way to uh, take the formulation. It's a, a little bit of a do-it-yourself <laughs> formulation at home, but they don't have to go to a dispensary. They can order it right from the comfort of their, you know, their home, and it gets sent right to their doorstep. That's the way it should be. That's wonderful. And and really, it does engage us in this radical idea of self-care, mm-hmm. of really even veterinarians are smart enough to medicate a dog based on its body weight. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not demeaning veterinarians. I really like veterinarians. Whereas Western medicine is going to give me the same pill. I weigh 200-ish pounds. Let's just pretend. And you weigh not that. You're a stick. 
You're yeah. a fit stick, but you're a stick. And they would give us the same exact medication, same dosage. Right. You take this, you take this. But wait, we're like, I'm two of him. How's that possible? Yet, what you were just saying is that they can take this home, they can take their CBD formula, their hemp formula, and add a little bit of THC, and they can adjust it drop by drop. They can mm-hmm. titrate them in a way that works for them. Some people, I'm a person who's always had a high tolerance. I don't use that much THC these days. I use it mostly, well, in your equanimity formula, I take it that way. But I use it as the, as you say, that gateway to unlock, and then I want everything else to cascade into there. Mm-hmm. And I just think the idea of using it in that way, and once again, to go back to one of the very cool things to me about the hemp line is you can support your clients. Mm-hmm. You can actually go, you, they can call you and go, you know, that left me a little blurry or something, whatever it is. Yes. M- made my toes green. I don't know. But if you, if you buy something from a dispensary, when you go back to them, they're like, I don't know. And they can't connect you to the manufacturer. And if they, the dispensaries yeah. aren't going to connect you to you. And that's a downside right. of the dispensary world. It's, it's cutting you off from, but I'm a guy who picks up the phone and just calls people like, hey, what's this? Why is it doing that? Um, yeah. And it's a different way of thinking. So I love the, the hemp line as a gateway for people to have communication with you about a product and sort of get it dialed in. Absolutely. Am I missing something it's there? A, it just seems so powerful. No. I mean, it's very, it's very fragmented, the, the Prop 64 world, just yeah. like you explained. And, and a lot of times it's like you go back into that dispensary and the person that sold you or the bud tender that sold you that product doesn't even work there anymore yeah. and there's a thousand different products on the shelves and it, it does a disservice to customer uh, when you're looking for a, a product that is very specific or niche so with the hemp side it definitely offers uh, a lot more you know conversational uh, you know uh, aspects to being able to you know, get no just knowing your customers. I mean, that's that's what creates a good business. Yeah, it's like growing up it, when I would go to the deli, you know, in New Hampshire to get my sandwich. Like the guy behind the counter knew knew the sandwich I wanted before I even like when I walked in the door. You know, he knew he knew the exact sandwich. That's customer service, and I think that's that's lacking a lot in in this world where we're such a fast food style, you know, using that as a metaphor, a fast food style to, you know, customer service. We want things done immediately. Uh, we want to make all the money immediately. And we want everyone to, to like the product that we put out into the world immediately. And it's, it takes time. And, and your customers are the ones that are telling you uh, what, what type of product that you need to make or that's going to be a great product fit. And data helps with that. So uh, with our equanimity product on the THC side, that was more, it was very more of an intuitive approach to creating something that uh, generally everyone needs is sleep. So that, that's where that product kind of, we, we made that for sleep, really. Everyone sleeps, hopefully. Um, so, but like you said, it's hard to uh, 
get those customers on a customer list and, and having emails and, you know, those brand assets is what gets you to the next level. And then you're able to, to build upon that and it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And it, and it really helps you build, uh, dare I use the term community. Oh my God, not that. And I mean a real community. Yeah. I don't mean a Facebooky thing. I mean an actual, you have conversation with clients or customers and you're starting to build a community, and I can see it down the road where you'll start having community online meetups, and we'll have conversations about, I really like this, and people can start sharing and having that camaraderie, which then mm-hmm. leads me back, I can't believe I'm going to get here, uh, that it leads me back to serotonin, because yeah. I've heard you talk about serotonin, and I'll ask you a question about that in a second. One of the things about serotonin, uh, I think I got this from John Gray years ago is that when we do actually what we're doing now conversing helps build serotonin levels so when people Mm -hmm. used to sit in circle and talk with each other part of the reason they came out with a slight euphoric state was there could be peace pipe being passed and or also it was helping build our serotonin levels because serotonin is the sense of well-being like when you were on that Mm drug when you're on Paxil that's an SSRI serotonin reuptake inhibitor so it stops the flow of serotonin to build a big lump of it and it's a whole weird science thing but serotonin is good makes us happy makes us feel good makes us feel at ease makes us feel at ease I don't have another word for that so could you talk about cannabis and serotonin yeah at ease or or connected and I think when I think of the state of the world right now we're so disconnected and that goes all the way I I might take this a little deep but it it goes all the way back to uh, kind of colonialism is like we were disconnected from nature we were disconnected from each other then we were disconnected from self and the state of the world right now is doing a fantastic job at disconnecting us <laughs> on, on all levels with the, the onslaught of, of media and this digitized world that we live in with infotainment and uh, division in the the way people think and cancel culture and all the kind of these trendy groups of labels they're all over the place and to me when i look at that it doesn't form meaningful connection and that's what really people are missing and i can speak very much from experience you know coming from uh, recovery from uh, drugs and alcohol almost uh, nine years in september and the part of that uh, my addictions were isolation it was it's just super easy to isolate and uh, be disconnected from the people around you and disconnected from self. And when when that happens, uh, you don't really feel too good. There is no sense of of well-being. And the more I started to explore some of the more deeper levels of the biology of where my addictions came from, and now I'm you know on a on the the level of you know exploring the 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 trauma parts of it um, was uh, that I depleted a lot of my serotonin in my brain from the use of, of hard drugs and 
and alcohol and I was just stuck in that negative that negative feedback loop so with cannabis uh, I started to look in the the plant world cannabis as well as food and how do I create more serotonin in my brain how do I just keep a plentiful amount of that cascade of serotonin where uh, Prozac kind of keeps it, it, I have this analogy with Prozac that you that they're like jumper cables so Prozac the reuptake inhibitor is only working with you know three lonely molecules of serotonin and it's just it has jumper cables on those molecules and it's just zapping that every day to work with the three lonely serotonin molecules instead of you know what? Hey, I guess I could go out to the hardware store and just buy a new spark plug for my brain. And <laughs> that new spark plug, <laughs> right? Instead of instead of blasting it over and over and over and over again to get, damn it, serotonin, just work today. Uh, it was, how do I create more? And looking into amino acids and tryptophan and where where tryptophan comes from, bananas and almonds and salmon and some of the more leafy greens like spinach and kale. And wow, I can put a lot of this in a smoothie, even with some avocado for some healthy fat and cannabis, uh, you know, in, uh, in uh, collaboration with those foods uh, was something that was increasing my serotonin. So cannabis uh, and the formulation equanimity was with chamomile, skullcap, uh, tryptophan, B6, which helps convert your serotonin into melatonin at night. So when you're able to get some really good sleep at night with that REM sleep, uh, your your brain is actually working out all the, the waste material on a cellular level in your brain and getting a much deeper sleep so I can show up during the day uh, ready to go and suit up and show up for myself and then the people around me. So serotonin became this kind of this rabbit in the hat that I was always always trying to pull out of and, and kind of chase around. And it was a much more pleasurable neurotransmitter to chase around than the addictions that I was chasing around to give me the rush of, of dopamine, the excitatory right. neurotransmitter that was like, oh, you just did something good. Here you go. Reward. Well, I want more of that. <laughs> yeah. I want more dopamine, more dopamine, more dopamine, and even some lifestyle changes uh, with not run. You know, I stopped running um, and I started walking more. It's kind of slowed down a little bit. And then, you know, I was using walking in conjunction with meditation or qigong, some more mindful movement with some breath work in there. And breath, when you're inhaling, that's why it's like take a deep breath. You are bringing more oxygen in your system to break down uh, the on a cellular level in your brain to create more serotonin. So it's uh it's all real fascinating when you look at this from the uh, that's an entourage effect really we think of the entourage effect in the plant world but it's it's an entourage effect in the and your your lifestyle too 
of the food you, that you ingest, the proper sleep, and then you know connecting and and relationships, uh, taking walks, mindful walks I call them. It's like leave your phone at home and just go, just go take a walk and and look around. Don't stare at your the screen or your phone. Look at the sky. Look at the look at the trees. Look at the leaves that are blown in wind. And I feel so many people are so distracted that they miss these very beautiful things that are gifts from the universe for us to um, create those meaningful connections with ourselves in the in the natural world around us. So that's how I, I couldn't agree more to my life. <laughs> well, I think I think also that uh, breathing deeply or breathing calmly then sets that signal to our nervous system and our brain. And our brain, I feel, sort of is kind of like a a young infant with a box full of things banging a wooden stick on a pan. It's like, no, I want more of that dopamine. I like that dopamine. I want more of that dopamine. Where it's just like, take a deep breath. Just send a signal to the body. We're not in fear. We're not in flight. We're not in manic anything. We're just like, wow, look at that. We're just taking a deep breath and look at the aspen leaves. Isn't that amazing? Let's just... Let's yeah. just try and grasp that moment and go, wow, this is really bad word, spectacularly beautiful. How about that? Let's just take that moment right there and really enjoy that and build yeah, it organically. It's all yeah, it's, a lifestyle. I was going to say it's all quite simple, too, but we, we at humans, we just like to overcomplicate everything, and we like to get outside of ourselves for uh, to, to be able to make ourselves feel better internally, where just the, the sheer acceptance of your state of being in that moment. It, and uh, humans, definitely in our Western culture, we have a hard time feeling, and we, we, we don't want to allow what's happening to us because of the societal constructs and the pressure that we have on ourselves, put on ourselves, you know, me raising my hand here, I've been very hard on myself uh, in in my past and just competition with, with others and, and, and competing in this big, bad world that we live in. And just to be able to sit with yourself presently for one minute, two minutes is a, a pretty astonishing feat and whatever, you know, mood change that we need to have or grounding uh, exercise that we need to have. It's, it's available to, available to us at all times. And one grounding exercise that I like to do, and for any listeners out there, so it's just a simple box breathing technique. It's a four, seven, eight. So a big inhale at four seconds, you hold for seven, and then you exhale all that spent oxygen for eight and you do that three to five times so something like this a big inhale and then hold for seven and then exhale for eight And then repeat. And you can do that three to five times anytime you need to. And that is the most simple way to just bring some serotonin into your into your body, into your brain, and change that maybe that negative thought that just crept up or that 
uh, that emotion that is is trying to work itself out of you. Just sit with it and allow it to happen. And that's a that's a big one that I've learned over the last nine years of of uh, of recovery. And I spent the first 32 years of my life not wanting to feel anything and doing everything in my power to get outside of myself uh, to not feel that emotion or not deal with that you know problem that happened and uh, that is a really terrible place to be and it's a it's a deeper form of of isolation and and selfishness really selfishness for for self uh, to to not be able to experience yeah and it takes us out of community and there really is power in community and and really if we can get slightly esoteric for a moment we're in relationship with nature in spite of our desire to try and seem to aggressively destroy it, um, that really we are in relationship to nature. And I can already tell because we're already – I can't believe we're out of time – that in part two of this conversation, we will talk about your addition of fungi to the headline mm. because that's very exciting because I think fungi is another gateway to a really very good deep – connection to nature and the world mm-hmm. because of how the 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 um, tendrils of the fungi of the world are so really in the earth everywhere and they're available to mm. us in a in the greater way and part two of that show will be us discussing the ever so amazing 1972 nixon act and what oh, it did to cannabis see that's why that had to be a whole number show because we're yep. just unbreathing, we're all calm and at ease now. But I, I, that's a whole long conversation. I would like to have that conversation about bad words, just a whole string of bad words about how cannabis is. What? We can get opiates like they're M and M's, but cannabis is evil. Are you kidding me? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, where would you like people to find out more about Medicine Box Wellness and your new hemp line? Yeah, so uh, the website is medicinebox.green as well as a lot of content on there, a lot of blogs and information. Uh, We go super deep on uh, our research and and education. And the shopping cart for those hemp products is medicineboxwellness.com. I'm on LinkedIn as Brian Chaplin. My Instagram is underscore Brian Chaplin, and Instagram for the brand is at medicine underscore box. Uh, right now, speaking of the data, uh, we are doing a giveaway um, on my personal Instagram page for a trip for two to Tahoe, two-night stay at the Hyatt Regency here uh, on the east shore of Lake Tahoe, and dinner for two at uh, Bite uh, Restaurant, which is a, a California uh, cuisine tapas restaurant. Um, so if you're in, anyone's interested in that, they could sign up on the uh, Instagram page. It's pretty pretty little fun we're doing for uh, our community out there because nature is uh, a huge inspiration for the brand, and that's where I draw a lot of my uh, correlations uh, for the brand from is the Lake Tahoe region. So sharing that with everyone else out there. Yeah, great. Thank you, Brian. Great as always. Thank you, Richard. We didn't cover everything, yeah, but we had a great on. time in between. <laughs> we'll yeah, get back to it. It's really, yeah, we'll get back to it. There's always so much more to talk about. And I was like, ah, oh, there's 
something else to talk about. Oh, there's something to yeah. talk about there. And thank you for thank you for bringing up the mushrooms because yeah. that's another uh, fascinating. That's topic very exciting. Wor- that's a whole nother. Yeah. yeah, that's very exciting. Um, all right, everybody, so. have a great rest of the weekend, and thanks again, Brian. And we'll see you all thank next you. week. Bye bye. Thanks, thanks, Richard.